Welcome to Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Carrie Wee, and I live in LA. And this is Kelly McVeigh, and I live in a small town, Newark, Ohio, in Midwest US. So, Kelly and I are just so excited to start this podcast. We are now in 2021, and both of us, you know, we're eight years into our into our new relationship, should we call it? Yeah, absolutely. Into our, our into 40, our born-again relationship? Our 40-year-old, um, hopefully more experienced, more improved relationships. Yeah. So around when we were turning, you know, both of us are both of us are turning 44 this year. Is that true? For both of us? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had to actually I had to actually think the other day if I was turning 43 or 44, I couldn't remember. I think when you get to this point, because it semi doesn't matter, like you start to lose track. Okay, Carrie, let's talk about the deep dive of one of the first few times that we started getting together and we were meeting and I was so jealous of the fact that you were a professional dancer and I came and tried to do one of your aerial classes and almost died. And I was coming to one of your rehearsals. Like, I feel like, and when we were walking in, you were like, don't tell anyone we're the same age. And like, I was walking in, like, does that mean that I look super old? And you look like, like all the, I know, but did I say that? Or did I say, don't tell them our age? Maybe you said, don't tell them our age. Listen, this is all stuff we just need to record. Cause even us (laughs) saying that is funny. Because even you, even me thinking that's what I asked you and you not, Perceiving it that way is hilarious. Yeah, I know. Well, I was all excited. So I wanted to live a day in the life of Carrie when I came out to LA. And that's how the story really started. Me trying to be in the greener grass and living a day in your life. (laughs) And what you thought was the greener grass. So you took an aerial class and realized that, wow, it's really hard. But that is the experience everybody has their first day because the muscles that you're using are not the muscles that you usually use. Right. I felt like my wrists hurt and my forearms and I was having a really hard time getting my booty off the floor. Right. And even when I started Ariel, my, um, I, I had the same problem, even though I was a Pilates trainer at the time and professional dancer, I didn't have the arm strength or the upper body strength. So you might've felt a certain way about it, but everyone has that experience. So she came to my class. We would always do something like that, like do something fun and then go get some wine afterwards. I was, I was, I think, I believe that I was single at the time. Was I single at the time? You were single. You were definitely single. We were both single. I was divorced already. Yes. And, yes. And after the aerial class, you were like, oh my gosh, I do have a rehearsal this afternoon. I don't know. Oh, that's you, right. And you were like, I don't know if you'd be bored, but do you want to come and watch my rehearsal? And of course I was like, Oh my gosh, for sure. Like I would so excited. I want to go. Yeah, you definitely had a day in the life because I just had a busy day of things that day. Like I was teaching, I was rehearsing. The club that we were performing at was set up as like an all immersive stage. So the bar had like the bar where they would serve the drinks would have um, kind of this structure over it so we could put our hands on it and hang on. And then there was a stage where the band would be and we would come in through the through the curtains from the backstage area. And then on the other wall was this bead wall that you could hang, you know, kind of lean away from. 
Yeah. And I was, uh, what I, I sat on a, we'll, we'll talk about walking in, but I sat on a big red velvet couch right in the middle. That's where I was. Thinking. Okay. So that was your, that's your experience of it. Really their leather. Oh, okay. For some so reason, I'm, I remember velvet, but it probably was leather. You would know. It, it was leather, but oh, yeah. um, yes, because I have been on those couches many, 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 many hours. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So after the aero class, she came to rehearsal with me, and this is where let's tell Kelly's side of the story. Okay. So first of all, we're walking in, and I remember you saying to me, "Don't tell anyone how old you are." And I felt like I already am like greener grass, like looking at your life and you seem amazing and you're an area and we're down, like we're in LA going to a dance rehearsal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do I look way older than you? Like, why doesn't, why don't you want anyone to know how old I am? Or like that we that we ha- came from the same like age bracket, like. <laughs> yeah and then from my perspective it wasn't about kelly at all kelly looks great that it and but it doesn't even matter it wasn't about her it was about it was about me walking in to rehearsal and bringing a peer of mine and i didn't want kelly to tell them our age that was where i was coming from because the director who is my really good friend knew how old I was because we had been dancing together for 20 years, but she didn't want anyone else to know because we both knew that the, that the financer of the show would probably fire me. Well, I I have to say, once I got in there, I realized that we were probably 20 years, 20 or, or 15, 18 years older than all the other dancers in the show. Yeah. And there was a, there was a range. So the youngest in the cast was turning 21. I remember very specifically really being excited with her for her first legal drink. She was getting on a plane that night and she was like, what I order on pl- on the plane? I was like, oh my God, let's <laughs> think about this. This is a big deal. <laughs> you know, they're, they're peers of mine in a way, but not at all because I'm so much older. And then, of course, some of them were, you know, in their late 20s, their early 30s. But between me and the second oldest was probably eight years. Okay. And in the dance world, like, I'm, you know, when I went into that job, I was 40 or maybe 39. And when I finished that job, I was 42. I mean, I might as well be a dinosaur. But I'm have to say Asian. You looked the same. I mean, you didn't look a day older than anyone in the room. Right. And so that's why I knew I could get away with it because I, I'm i an Asian woman. I looked like I was 12 in high school. We will go back to that and the trauma that I thought that caused me back then. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I just happened to have these genes where I'm, you know, looking young at an older, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to look like at this age, but you know, it didn't really affect anything from a visual standpoint, but I didn't want anybody to know. I did not want anybody to know. And so I told her this and she was like, oh shit, what does this mean? And I didn't mean to create that for you. Right. We were walking in, so we couldn't like talk through it because you said it while we were going in. I think that someone came over and asked me if I wanted a drink. And, I and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon or right. something on a Saturday. Yeah. 
right? Like, I think I was like, yeah, I'll have a glass of wine. And so I'm sitting on this, now I know red leather, but I thought it was a red velvet. Yes. With a glass of wine, ready to go to watch you perform. And what I didn't tell you probably previously was that we were doing a full run of the show in costume. Yes. It was the costume um, designer was there. And I think looking back after I watched the first run through, she was talking about stars um, pasted on you guys. And I, but I really wasn't fully aware of what that meant. And I was just taking it all in on costume changes and what, what you guys would be wearing when Um, just, I, I didn't really understand what I was about to witness. Yeah. And so then we all start changing into our costumes, which also meant we just all started taking our clothes off. Yeah. Right there, right there, (laughs) right there in front of you, because dancers have a very high tolerance for changing clothes. For sure. Very high tolerance. Yeah. I think it's because of years of, um, just changing costumes around each other and all of the things. Yeah, and it's a private space. It's not like anyone else from the outside is there besides you. You know, it's it's very close. But when it comes to, like, taking off our clothes in front of each other, it's just so normal. It's kind of like, Kelly, now that I'm a mom, it's kind of like what your boobs start to be like when you're breastfeeding. Right, right. You don't Like, you just whip it out. You don't think about it. Because it's not sexualized anymore to you. Right. Right. Um, So we all start taking our clothes off. And a side note to this story, this is the last gig that I did before I was pregnant and before the pandemic. So it was also the last gig that I did as as a professional dancer. We'll see what happens after the pandemic ends, but it's not my focus anymore. Right. But you would think it would have gone the different direction, but as I got older, my costumes got smaller. <laughs> right. And listen, bigger. Good for you. You could rock it for sure. Yeah. I was, I was in shape for myself and probably in better shape than I was when I was younger because like I had a little baby fat when I was in my early twenties. And as I got older, I started to get more in shape because of Ariel and right. Ariel, no matter what you do to yourself, you're going to have a strong core and you're going to have strong arms. And strong glutes and stuff. So I, my costumes just started getting smaller. And on the last gig that I did, I was in a full on thong with no tights. Right. Yes. And I'm sure that you were like, okay, I don't want to be on that green grass anymore. (laughs) I just remember sitting there with my little glass of wine and you all danced the first round and mostly took your clothes off and listen you all were rocking it from a body perspective like you all had it going on and I remember the choreographer knew that I like was in you know had some dance experience and she's like so what did you like what did you say did you see anything like what did you think and I mean you guys basically had just taken your clothes off and I was like I mean I think the transitions could have been a little some of the timing was a little off which was all true but I I was just like blown away like I had no idea that was was about to happen and then it was just like so nonchalantly she was like okay what do you think what did you see she probably wanted some feedback on like staging and you know how the lights worked for you and you're just like give me a second 
Yeah. I was just um, like, what did I think? I mean, I don't know. I have no, and being totally, this sounds really, you know, you will think this is crazy being in the dance world. Like I had never really thought of that type of dancing, like being choreographed and timed and, um, the work and professionalism in it in a way like it is so timed and planned and I'm sure it's not like that everywhere but I'm sure it is more than I had originally thought before yeah because at the end of the day it was a burlesque rock rock and roll show and it was the idea was about tantalizing and set is supposed to be super sexy right and so the the audience is supposed to get this vibe and this feeling but in order to get that vibe and feeling, you have to you have to present a clean ideas, which means your transitions have to be clean, the steps have to be together, you know, the right. costumes have to look unified, and this is all the work of a creative director and a choreographer to, you know, package a message and get it, have it received. So that's what she was asking you, yeah. And Kelly was just trying to take it all in, and um, so this is what my life looked like to her on a day like this, you know, because on days like that, from the outside, my life looked really glamorous in a way. Right. I think you guys rehearsed like two and two rounds. And then one of the dancers is like, I need to make sure that I put enough parking money in or something. And it was just like, I was just like blown away from the whole experience being from like small town, Ohio. Now I'm in downtown LA. I am sitting on a red couch watching all of you dance and you like just basically take all your clothes off and then you're like passing in between sets to get parking money together for someone to make sure their car is still there like it was like just another day in your life and to me it was just so far from my greener grass (laughs) of my grass of life yeah and that was a good little dose of reality in the story of that day, because the fact of the matter is, even if a dancer is really, really good with their money and an amazing financial mind to a certain extent, like, you know, really conservative with spending and stuff, there's no 401k. You're not getting paid every day for work. Sometimes you are. And a lot of the people in the cast, a lot of the ladies you know, sometimes they didn't have enough money for parking. Right. For rehearsal. And so there'd be this thing where there's a parking lot right next to the venue. And I would park there every day for, I believe it was $7, $7 cash. And Hollywood has become really not a great neighborhood. So I wanted my car to be safe. So I parked in the $7 lot and put it it, as my tax deductions for you know money spent on business expenses and called it a day. But I have a lot of other um, you know ways I make money. I teach. I well before the pandemic I was a you know masseuse and I do corrective body work, etc. I have an online course. Some of these girls who were and I want to say girls because they were much younger that rehearsal that was getting paid was the only money they were making all week. Right. And the fact that they had one gig made it, made them in a better position than than the dancers, than the hundreds of dancers who live here who don't even have that one gig. 
Right. So spending money on parking to be at rehearsal is an actual issue, which is really sad, right? That's not something that, you know. Right. And from a business. Maybe you think about. I mean, uh, lessons 110 million from Carrie. Another thing, Carrie, you know, is those dancers with their age and just being new to the business, I don't even know if they would know to write off $7 of parking. I, I, you're right. I, I have no idea. Right. I mean, maybe they do. There's probably some of them that do, but there's just so many things about that world and cost and figuring it out and living on your own. And the fact that Hollywood isn't safe um, or as safe as it maybe it used to be. And just so many different parts and pieces to your life opposed to living in a small town in Midwest Ohio. Yeah. Can I tell you how many of my, my peers I've tried to convince to really go to a financial consultant and, you know, I incorporated in 2007. So I, I did a lot of learning about how to, you know, because you're not getting paid W2, you're getting paid in a different way. So you kind of have to, you have to learn about these things. And these dancers were basically at the point where they were making decisions like, okay, I can spend the maybe $4 in the meter or $7 at the, in the parking lot. But the thing is our rehearsal goes over 6 PM and that's when you can't park there at all. Like right. the, the street get, you, you know, it's like you can only park there till six and after that you can't. And so many times are, you know, the dancers would get their cars towed in the middle of rehearsal. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and then, and then to get your car out, you know, 300, $500 later, now you've just, and to me, the financial calculation is okay. Over a month period, I might spend 25 to 30 more dollars on parking, but that one time I get towed, it's going to be $500, which is the entire year of parking for this venue. Right. You know, that's what's happening in my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I really feel like this is, a, you know, because all that glamour and what we're left with at the end of our careers, and I've said this to Kelly many times, is memories. Right. And what can you not do with memories? You can't pay bills with memories. You can't buy a house with memories. You can't, you can't do a lot of things. And, um, and not to say that I wasn't, I feel like I was pretty smart with my money. So I have something to, to speak for it, but it's definitely not the same robustness as if I would have not done dancing professionally. Right. right. I mean, you definitely, um, are so much more than a dancer from the fact that you have started multiple small businesses. You are thriving in a city that is super expensive. Um, And more expensive now than it's ever been, even with the homeless population growing. It's insane. I cannot even tell you how upsetting it is that that's the case. Right. Um, But I just, you know, it just was a snapshot into one day of me peeking into your world and just totally being blown away that that's not what, none of it. I didn't expect any of it that day. And 
just seeing you rock your day and it not not any of it phasing you at all. Yeah. Yeah, and and what a big contrast, right? Glamorous, glamorous, glitzy thongs and legs and just hair and lights and this sexual energy just getting like shoved in Kelly's face. And then, you know, no money for parking and we can't mention our age because of fear. Right. And I don't know if I should have been as afraid, but definitely I have to say I am much more open. Of course, I'm, I'm doing a podcast and I'm being very open and honest about all of this stuff. And, um, but I feel differently because I also feel like I've kind of closed a chapter on my dance career. I would never, ever do this if I hadn't felt that way. Right. I mean, we've come It's only after the fact. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and I am not the type of person who is like, oh, I don't want to get older. I love getting wiser and I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to my 20s. I don't even want to go back to my 30s. 30s were totally so clueless. Agree. Oh my God. Totally agree. Uh, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 40s are awesome. It's one of those things that you hear and you're younger and you're like, right, whatever, like 40s, the new, you know, 50s, the new four, whatever that all the, all the quotes about age, but it is true that, I mean, obviously with life comes experience and with every heartbreak or tragedy, tragedy or wrong turn, or you know what turn that seems like it's wrong, but it's really actually the right space for you at the right time. You come to a new place that makes you stronger and wiser for future work and relationships and parenting and all of the things. And that all comes with age. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to go back. So it's not that I was ashamed at any point of my age. It wasn't that. It was was functional. It was 100% functional. I want to stay in this job. I'm going to be ageless. They're not going to have any idea. They're going to guess. That's, that's just the name of the game. Yeah. And there's not a lot of dancers who were still actively dancing at the age that I was. A lot of those people, if they were still in the industry, they ended up being choreographers. So the people in my position at the age that I was, they're very few. So I did feel that way. And I followed suit. Like all my you know behavior was hiding it. And I'm you know, I'm happy I don't have to do that anymore. That makes me excited because, I bet you know, we want to be authentic. Feel, I bet that does feel totally freeing. Uh, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, every time we, we talk about the story, I laugh because my, my perspective when you were there was, oh my God, what must she be thinking right now? This looks like a circus. Right. You know, just just the girls and also what their conversation was like. I think that both of us, I was used to it because I was around them for two years, but some of their conversations, I just can't. Are you okay, Bean? She's coughing a little. You know, relate to. Right. I mean, I for sure. I mean, you think you couldn't relate? I for sure couldn't relate to... The thing I think that in the time frame of that one rehearsal, I felt five years older than I really am. <laughs> just because I, of all the things, you know, just because my life is so different. And I feel like what other jobs would put you in a situation 
where your peers were any age, maybe acting, you know, like if you were on a movie and you're playing a bunch of characters and they're kids on set and adults and old people, you know, like older, older people. But in a corporate environment, if you're moving up the ladder, the people around you are roughly the same age, right? Right. There's not a lot of 20 year olds being CEOs. Totally agree. I do think that there have been a couple times in my lifetime, in my corporate job where younger came in and especially in the world of social media, there was a time frame that it was like, oh, I need to catch up. Like this, mm, okay. this next group like knows things, is doing things a little bit different. Um, but but not like the way you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously you're in a corporate job, you still have more you're older, you're wiser, you're kind of moving up the level together. But there is this feel of the younger generation knowing things a different way to do things or um, seeing things differently that you're like, I need to embrace that or be open to it or figure that out so that I can be as good as that in that way. Yeah, that's interesting. There, there probably is some jobs out there that there's a bit of a threat from the younger generation just being more savvy. Yeah. Possibly. Yes. And, and for my, my life as an older dancer, being in those jobs with, you know, a, a, you know, just a range of different ages, I was very lucky because I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like their skill set was just going to overtake mine so quickly, but it's probably because I'm an aerialist. Right. Because I have such a specific skill set that, that other people can't grab so easily. Agree. Which is another path twist that you took that was smart in your career. Yeah. And a lot of my dancer friends who are my age, they're like, wow, you were really thinking ahead. (laughs) And I, I would love to think that I was that smart, but I really just loved it. Yes. But yeah, I was thinking, how am I going to be able to be creative and move my body later in life and how like how am I going to translate this to something else so that I can actually do it because in the circus world it's really it's really weird because it takes so much more physicality in a way than dancing like it's so hard on the body the dropping and the flexibility that you have to have and the strength it would serve you to be a younger body but because it takes so long to master the really good aerialists end up being in their 40s, 50s. Right. And you can you can do it for a long time because guess what? No one looks at your face. Right. No one's looking at your face. They're looking at the, the, the shapes that your body can make. And so therefore, it suits an older artist quite well. Yes. So anyways, it's a really interesting take on aging. And, and the thing that Kelly and I laugh about so much is that we play this game where we think that you know, you don't feel your age sometimes until you try to read your phone and you realize you need reading glasses. Yeah. So you're making the text bigger. I haven't succumbed to that yet, but I think I'm fighting it. Right. Because my eyesight has always been bad. And now it's like, I, I went to my eye doctor and he was like, nope, your prescription hasn't changed, my dear. You just need reading glasses. I was like, no. I know that's what's happening to us now. Yeah. So, phase in life we're at. 
And so, you know, Kel went to this really interesting day of mine and I was really proud to show it to her. But, you know, over our celebratory wine dinner afterwards, I'm very clear with her what I've given up for this. Yes. And it is problematic for me. And it is something that I think about every day. Oh, I know. It's, it feels very long, doesn't it? And you've gotten to a great place in life. Yeah. I've gotten to a better place. The last, the last eight years have been very, that pro, like I've been going through that process now for many years of trying to figure out how to transition to a, another career, a second career, and how to make up the money that I didn't accumulate during those 20 years. Right. This is another podcast of Greener Grass. Today we talked about age, age within different jobs, and a fun story of me stepping into a day of Carrie's life and a day on on her grass patch to find out how her life looks. So stay tuned and we can't wait to share another podcast with you soon.